0: Earlier this year, Global News released an in-depth report on the state of racism and discrimination in Canada. What they uncovered now may surprise you, considering the Trudeau government has made it a policy goal to address exactly those issues. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why...
1: We live in a world with divisive politics, hate crimes on the rise, hate speech that's the norm on social media.
2: I was called dirty, and it was because of the color of my skin.
3: As federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh... Talking about the first time that he experienced racism or discrimination. And something needs to change.
1: Over half of the 1,500 people surveyed say they've been stopped by police in public for no apparent reason. What if people knew what it felt like to be on the other side of discrimination? When I came out when I was 37, I can remember walking in North Toronto and being yelled at across the street by some young boys calling me dyke. That's the inspiration for a new series we're airing on Global News this week titled First Time I Was Called, where we interview Canadians on their experiences with race, religion, gender, sexuality, appearance, and ability.
0: Farinasser Nasser is a reporter with Global News. She worked on a series called The First Time I Was Called dot dot dot, and it focuses on individual stories of discrimination.
1: So I think that we, we like to think that we are immune to this. We like to think that we're doing really well. And in some, some ways, we really are. I mean,
0: we are. But in a lot of ways, we still have a long way to go. Farah, you spoke to some pretty high-profile people. Were you surprised by the stories that you heard? It was actually quite incredible, Nikki, what we heard from people, I mean, how
1: candid they were and how open they were. I mean, a lot of times it took a while to get there, but in the conversations, how they recalled these instances of sometimes when they were in childhood, sometimes when they were teenagers, and how it still resonates and how it affects them. Uh, We spoke to award-winning singer-songwriter Julie Black about uh, being called the N-word on a a TTC bus here in Toronto. An older white woman wasn't happy with what she. Would call the noise, and uh, she looked right at me and said, Shut up, nigger bitch. And it almost silenced me. She said that she was the tallest one out of her, her group of friends, so she thinks that woman confronted her because she looked the most like an adult, but it, she was a kid. And she said that it, it completely changed her. And it, it impacted my confidence. It made her question everything, it made her question the coil of her hair. It, she didn't wear braids till very recently. I mean, this is a woman who's won all kinds of awards across the country, um, has toured. So that was something that that really has affected her to this day. It's really impacted her music, but at one point it silenced her. I mean, she felt like she wasn't strong enough to speak out against injustice, and now and now she does just that. Oh God, just it's so amazing what what how powerful memories are. Eh? Jagmeet Singh, number of votes:
2: 35,260.
3: You are looking at the new leader of the Democratic Party of Canada, Jugmeet Singh. How about
0: Jugmeet Singh? You spoke to him as well. Did you get the impression that the discrimination he faced as a youth sort of drove him to want to get into politics as an adult? Oh, absolutely. With him, uh, for sure, 100%. I mean, he he says that
1: that totally made him sensitive to people's plight, to, to how minority communities are treated, um, to how it feels to be, you know, the other. So for him, for sure. And what's interesting about his case is that, I mean, he talked to, to us about how his turban was pulled off, how what he, he was called dirty, and he remembers he he felt like he had to wash his skin because of the color of it and, and how he was, he was treated by people. But um, the interesting part is, I mean, very recently you'll remember that viral video of a woman, uh, you know, accusing him of, of bringing Sharia law to to Canada, and you know how how he didn't say uh, to her, "Look, I'm not Muslim, I'm a Sikh," uh, because he said, "You know, all minority communities are, are are met with this, and and we're not different from each other. We're actually very similar." So, Max, we know you're in with Sharia. Okay. We know you're in with the Muslim Brotherhood.
3: Is, we know by your vote. Is this, I would like to know all the police. I so, so just one second. Let's just. What do we believe in? We believe in love and courage, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Love. So he courage. he responded with the word yeah. to love encourage and he just kept saying that because he believes that that's how to kind of get people to foster understanding and and for people to change. Absolutely we do. We live in a society, we live in a country where hate crimes are on the rise, more so in certain minority groups. We live in a society where, where we see divisive politics, even in Canada, not just in the States. And we also live somewhere where it's the norm to see hateful language and hateful speech on social media. I've worked in news for 20 years. I've never encountered the kind of language that, I encounter, that I've encountered in the past few years. So this exists. And without explaining to people how it makes us feel, how it feels to be on the other
0: end, we can't build bridges, which is what we really need to do. Do you think that there's been a change in the amount of discrimination that's being shown? Or do you think the way in which it's being presented has changed because of social media? It's easier to hear it now and it's easier for people to discriminate because they have a platform. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that's definitely true. I think there is a platform. But this is not just racial discrimination I'm talking about. This is like, you know, gender, all kinds of stuff. But people feel like they can say it more. People feel like they've they've been given an okay to feel this way to say this and uh, to have these conversations out loud where maybe they wouldn't have in the past. So, you know, maybe it was blatant discrimination 30, 40 years ago. Now, that subtle racism still exists and there's people who who just kind of kind of take it and I think that's what needs to change. But again, there, there's still a lot of work to do.
0: Since Farah's report aired earlier this year, More cases of racism and discrimination have been reported. Some really senseless, stupid cases of discrimination as well. Did you hear the story of a teen with cerebral palsy at a skating rink in Oliver, B.C.? Can you believe that he was using a sled but got kicked off the ice by an employee of the rink who said sleds aren't allowed during public skates? I mean, sometimes you gotta just shake your head. What were these people thinking to discriminate against a teenager with cerebral palsy because he was using a sled to skate with his friends on public ice? That's just one story of the discrimination we continue to hear in Canada. It's interesting to note, though, religion remains the number one motivator for discrimination. 28% directed at Jewish people and 18% of reported hate crimes directed at Muslim people. But this episode doesn't just explore stories of racism and discrimination. It asks a question of our politicians as well. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has said that our borders are open to immigrants and refugees. He made his cabinet 50% female. Many of his policies are designed around anti-discrimination. However, that sentiment, at least to the same degree, does not seem to be represented by the general Canadian population. In fact, earlier this year, an Angus Reid survey found that nearly 50% of Canadians asked said they want to see the federal government's target of immigration intake reduced. So, are our politicians more progressive than the general population is when it comes to these types of policies? Coming up later in this episode.
3: It's an interesting question asked, ask. Uh, are politicians leading the way and being more progressive and bringing electric an electorate along?
0: You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast from Global News. We just spoke with Global News reporter Farrah Asser about the state of racism and discrimination in Canada. There's no denying that we live in a fairly PC world these days. But does it surprise you that hate crimes are on the rise here in Canada?
1: There is some troubling news about hate crime in Canada. They are on the rise. The biggest
0: hate
3: crimes in the last couple of years have been growing.
0: That's David Aiken. He's the Chief Political Correspondent for Global News. He's based on Parliament Hill in Ottawa.
3: Most rapidly hate crimes against identifiable Muslim groups. But on the other hand, overall, the number one group that still seems to get the most hate targeted at them are Jewish groups.
0: So we heard some anecdotal evidence of discrimination in Canada. David, do the statistics reflect those same conclusions that Canada has a discrimination problem?
3: I would say broadly yes, but let me point this out. Uh, Very recently, uh, a House of Commons committee studied systemic racism and discrimination in Canada, Uh, spent a lot of time looking at that issue, heard from a lot of experts, a lot of witnesses, and, uh, and made several recommendations to reduce systemic racism in Canada. But one of the issues that they flagged was that there really is a lack of data. We certainly have a lot of proxies for discrimination. For example, one is police forces across the country every year, they measure hate crimes, crimes against identifiable religious groups. So we can say that hate crimes in the last couple of years have been growing. That's just hate crimes. That is not... The overall discrimination where someone may feel that because of their skin color or their religious beliefs or their sexual orientation, that they're not getting a job, that they're not getting promoted. There's there's a whole patchwork of stats on that.
0: One thing that we do know is that Prime Minister Trudeau, he's really embraced the plight of those who are marginalized. And he's based a lot of uh, really progressive policies around countering what his party seems to view as a discrimination problem here. Can you walk us through a couple examples of those policies or initiatives?
3: You sort of think about three broad groups of people that have... Uh, historically suffered some sort of discrimination and and that would be first of all women and i can tell you as someone who has uh, traveled a lot with the prime minister around the world to summit after summit he really stands out in international fora uh, when he talks about being a quote feminist prime minister and how he's committed to a gender-based analysis in his budget a gender-based analysis
2: of his legislation any comments about how a man looks is not even an eyelash worth mm of the kind of systemic discrimination that women face every single day in any workforce.
3: Some people may roll their eyes at this in this country, but it gets a lot of attention because it's so rare and so unique when he is at international summit. He was in Davos, Switzerland. I was there with him at the World Economic Forum.
1: Prime Minister also told leaders in Davos to tackle inequality or risk failure.
3: The next significant one is systemic racism against indigenous peoples in this country. And we we have a long and often sad and sorry history of discrimination against indigenous people. We have seen the Prime Minister offer apologies to residential school survivors, apologies to those in Newfoundland and Labrador. I humbly stand before
2: you to offer a long overdue apology on behalf of the government of Canada and all
3: Canadians he has given mandate letters to all his cabinet ministers saying that mission of reconciliation is will be at the heart of everything we do and then i guess the third area would be refugees chiefly muslim refugees from uh, the middle east from syria very famously the first group of refugees that came from syria arrived at toronto's pearson airport and our Prime Minister was there on hand to greet them, to present them with clothing, to welcome them to Canada.
2: This is a wonderful night where we get to show not just uh, a plane load of new Canadians what Canada's all about, but we get to show the world.
3: And again, uh, Al, outside Canada, in hearts, the United States, uh, when, when, when I travel with him to the UK, to Asia... That image of a head of government greeting some refugees, when many much of the world is, uh, is putting up borders, doesn't want refugees.
2: They step off the plane as refugees, but uh, they walk out of this terminal as permanent residents of Canada.
3: That's another powerful visual symbol. So those would be three areas that I think the Trudeau government has worked to address the issue of systemic racism. There certainly will be people who say it's been a lot of symbols, it's been a lot of virtue signaling, and not as much progress as the government would like you perhaps to think.
2: For the oppression of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and two-spirit communities... We apologize.
1: The Prime Minister also told leaders in Davos to tackle inequality or risk failure.
3: Somebody recently said to me, "Uh, Mr. President, you are so yesterday. Justin Trudeau, he's so handsome, he's so charming, he's the future. And I said, Justin, just give it a rest.
2: Maternal love is the love that's going to change the future of mankind. We we, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind, Uh, because it's more inclusive.
0: There we go, exactly. (laughs) Well, two words setting off a wave of reaction across the country.
2: The
3: Senate has voted to change the national anthem to make it gender neutral. The move changes the line in O Canada, in all
2: thy sons command to in all of us command. The new language comes with a whole lot of pushback.
3: The percentage of voters who believe the Canadian government needs a change in management is now not only over 50%, it has hit 60%. If it stays there, it's panic time for the Trudeau team. The Conservatives are ahead of Trudeau in almost every single category, including women. And women no longer are impressed by the look and the rhetorical label feminist prime minister. You
0: said the public reaction internationally has been really positive. But what about here in Canada? What has the public reaction been to those initiatives?
3: Well, it sort of draws along partisan lines. And so certainly uh, if you are a Trudeau supporter, you're a Liberal supporter... You know, this is one of the things that you really, really like about the Trudeau government. I think a lot of polls would would sort of indicate that. Then there are others, the conservatives I use, first of all, who, again, as I mentioned, will criticize, first of all, for some virtue signaling on a lot of issues. And they'll say that the government, for instance, on refugees, is not doing as well as it ought to be on the issue around gender diversity, gender equality this sort of falls in a traditional sort of debate. there'll be many female conservative politicians saying you know women just want to be judged on their own merits etc cetera, etc cetera. and then there's the new democrats who come at it sort of from the left from the more progressive side to say that Trudeau's all talk and no action so for all that the trudeau government uh, has said it's doing and has signaled it wants to do it does get criticism from people on the right and from people on the left depending on the issue
0: So, David, it seems like you're saying that while other political parties in Canada are critical of Trudeau, they all seem pretty progressive. I mean, they all seem to be criticizing Trudeau for not taking action or for not doing enough for these groups in the minority that are being discriminated against. Yet, we've been hearing these stories The discrimination is a problem. You said that hate crimes are on the rise. So it makes me wonder if there's a contrast between the morality that Canadian politicians are pushing and the reality of how Canadian citizens actually feel.
3: You know, that's a really interesting question. It's a good question. And, and I would have to say that, by and large, no. I would think politicians tend to mirror the... People that put them in power. And so as we think about the federal liberal government, they're in power right now primarily because they have won the support of Canada's urban areas. Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. There's uh, downtown Winnipeg, downtown Toronto, downtown Montreal, downtown Halifax. All liberal bastions. And we know from any number of studies that those living in urban cores uh, tend to be more progressive in their politics It's an interesting question asked. Are politicians leading the way and being more progressive and bringing an electorate along? Or this is my view that there is an electorate that a political party says, you know, if we have some more progressive policies, we can form a governing coalition or a government. I think that's probably more likely. Thanks, David. Sure. No problem. Happy to happy to join you.
0: As of June 2017, hate crimes against Muslims in Canada increased by 253% over four years. And in October of 2018, a survey reported that over half of Canadian girls noticed gender discrimination. All of this despite the Prime Minister's progressive agenda. So is Trudeau out of touch with what's actually happening in this country? Is he looking at our nation through rose-colored glasses? Or is it up to politicians to be more progressive than the population they represent? This Is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. It's a national radio show and podcast from Global News. Download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is you download your favorite podcasts. Give us a rating and a review while you're there, too, please. And tell your friends about us, too. We're on Twitter at This is Why, and you can always send us an email, this is why at CuriousCast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.